So you were telling me about a dream you had with Stanley Tucci? Oh my god, yes. It is the best dream because I'm not endorsing a remake of Bringing Up Baby ever because that movie is perfect and Catherine Hepburn and Cary Grant are just the best, but imagine a movie starring Jeff Goldblum as a wacky heiress who steals cars, steals leopards, guys. and kidnaps. Guys. What do you want, Kyle? What, Kyle? Kyle? Kyle, it puts the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. We told you. <sighs> Ignore him. Just finish this story. Anyway, yes. Yeah. So Stanley Tucci is an earnest archaeologist who gets kidnapped by Jeff Goldblum and they go on a wacky adventure to Connecticut with a leopard. It's great. Wonderful. I'd watch that. I would too. Iggy Pop! Amen! Let it rain! I'm a fucking idiot. Red meat, we crave sustenance. I'm an artist. Hello, my name is Jimmy Cody. Why don't you have some fun? Fun, fun. Tommy, that's a paper. Whoever she is, I'm gonna find her and I'm gonna hurt her. I've spent the past three years learning Finnish. <laughs> I'm always home, I'm on cool. This is a process of dehumanization. Shut, 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 shut up! Hey, Hoff fans, welcome to this edition of the PSI Love Hoffman podcast, our love letter to the remarkable career of the late, great Philip Zimmer Hoffman. I'm Brian Rodriguez. And I'm Jenny O'Connell. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Come on. I thought, oh. you know. Oh. You got out this of the is, bathroom. Yeah. Oh. This is, it's our thing. Is what, it? It's, whoa, <laughs> third time and she's taken over. Well, we were trying to spin this off into a Stanley Tucci Wonder Woman podcast. Yeah. Stanley Tucci podcast. Exactly. I love Stanley Tucci. Oh, great. So maybe you can be yeah. a guest on our Stanley yeah. Tucci podcast. All right. I'll come on to that. But this is the you, PS so I love Hoffman, Hoffans out there, not. But our, our not, guests on our. Not the terrible Tucci's. Actually, <laughs> it would be called, called Table Tucci for Tucci, Tucci, and that should also be the name of his next cookbook. Which Ooh. it is. <gasps> as you can see, yes. I have Stanley Tucci's cookbooks <laughs> out here. Two of them, yes. And his two cookbooks. It's, they're so good. See, the dog's and the guests. The guest on the Tucci Table podcast. I'll have to bring a fancy bottle of wine. So I hope you did. This isn't this, that show. This oh, is man. Yes, I love Hoffman. <laughs> no, no, no. Yes, yes we're aware. <laughs> Trying to hijack it with Tucci. No, I'm sorry, Phil. But you can please be honest right now. Philip Seymour Hoffman is greater than Stanley Tucci. In what measure? As an actor. <laughs> I'm joking. As an actor. You don't need to get heated here. Yeah, no, no. I, I would say that you can love both of them. Yeah, but they yes, both... Philip Seymour Hoffman's a better actor. I'm sure Stanley Tucci would agree that Philip Seymour yeah. Hoffman is better at his craft. Yeah. Human being? I'm not so sure. Yeah, that's cool. okay. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> or all he right, can be right. a better cool dad. You know, like Stanley Tucci's your cool dad that makes you pasta. You go to advice, you know? <laughs> he, he just lays down that soothing wisdom. But no, no, you're right, Kyle. This is P.S. I Love Hoffman. I'm Brian Rodriguez. And I'm Kyle Reinfried. We're always home, we're always uncool, and we're always ready to talk great movies. And today, we'll be chatting about a film with Philip Seymour Hoffman, of course. Yes. Stanley Tucci. Some other people. Keir Sedgwick, yeah. Keir Sedgwick, the closer. Yep. <laughs> An Empire Records reunion with Robert Tunney and Ethan Embry. So Ooh, 90s. Wow. Right? Wow. I can catch that. Of course, this film is called Montana. I shouldn't say of course, because this is this was another hard-to-find one. It was on Amazon and stuff, so it wasn't too hard to but find. But there's, like, nothing on this movie out there. It's yeah. almost like it didn't exist. I found well, one review on Rotten mm. Tomatoes, and the guy said, I think I've seen this film before. It's called Pulp Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of fair. That Maybe is a little kind of fair. Maybe it just isn't in circulation, because I wanted it to be the precursor to Brokeback Mountain. Like, I wanted it to be Stanley's <laughs> Brokeback Mountain, and it wasn't, so it should be buried. Well, you we know? got some uh, going from You Were on the Getaway, and that had some sexy electric guitar. This definitely opens up with some sex, sexy electric guitar. But Brokeback oh, Mountain, you could have gone to that yeah. acoustic. Bow, bow, bow. Right? Bow. Speaking of... Bow, bow, bow. Oh, I thought you were going to pull into like a Gary Glitter there. No. <laughs> Speaking of, though, like you mentioned The Getaway. Mm -hmm. We've seen some very good Philip Zimmer Hoffman films lately. Did yeah. this feel like a step back to you? This is a step... As a film. Well, both in like... Definitely in a film, and then kind of in a performance, 
But I have to say, we got a lot of PSH. Yeah, that this. was the plus. And this we was probably his biggest speaking role thus far. Mm. Not the most compelling, you know, character or, you know, good dialogue, but he, he falls into, this is like the third time he's playing, or second time, I guess, he's playing that waspy character that we're going to get get again in, like, as Brent and Big Lebowski and mm. in uh, Townsend Mr. Ripley. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the nice-dressing yeah. glasses character, rather yeah. than opposed... Well, he's the... not nice. He's not nice. Nice-dressing. Oh, nice-dressing, okay. What's uh what's the John Cusack movie now? I'm just forgetting them. Because we're Money for Nothing. Money for Nothing, where he's, like, a dock worker. You know, yeah. It's completely different. <laughs> or just a high school goon in my boyfriend's back or something. Yeah, it's, it's funny, because... I don't know. We we went to Twister, and while that's not a great, great film, it's, it's still like a, really a memorable, fun film. Yeah, a fun, memorable film. This at best is silly. We saw the P.T. Anderson films. Yes. You know? It's almost like you expect someone's career naturally to continue up that ladder. No, I think we still have a few ahead yeah. that I'm going to be like, eh. Yeah, so it's back to reality, you know? That's what, yeah. that's what this film felt like. Back to reality. Yeah. At least, at least as far as the podcast. Back is to a working actor's career. I mean, he was working this whole time, but like, like you said, it's not like he had this, you know, blockbuster film, a Twister that he's in as like a tentpole film, and then one of his greater roles in Boogie Nights, and then everything was, you know, yeah, sunshine and lollipops. After it's like, nope. okay, I'm gonna join this film. Still had to work. Still had to put. Yeah, yeah gotta pay them the bills. Table. You know. <laughs> Did you get the director's name? Because the only film she did, or maybe she did a short or something, right? The director's name is Jennifer Leitzies, I'll go with. L-E-I-T-Z-E-S. And this is her debut. I don't get... Like, this is her debut, and then she only directed a, then a short film in 2008. Maybe that's fair. Maybe oh, that's damn. Well. <laughs> I mean, I don't... Here's the funny thing. Like, he's been in a couple movies now where they're, like, de- directorial debuts, and... We don't see these directors again. Imagine getting a shot to direct this cast on your first... Like, who does she know? I mean, I'm I'm impressed that she got such an amazing cast for her debut, but I'm so sad that, like, even though it wasn't a great film, that there are just so many mediocre guys who are directors who, like, they make a, a like, kind of shitty debut, and then they're like, ah, go make another thing. Like, I'd want to see what else she could do, like, with, like, a little bit more time and, like, you I, know, because she I, got someone, like to sign on, like Philip Seymour Hoffman. Clearly, That's yeah, like... she got a good cast, but, I mean, fair to say, you know, I mean, well, well, I'll put it out there and ask. Kyle first, did you enjoy this film? Uh, I assume it's your first time you've seen it, right? The first time I've seen it, and I like the actors in it. <laughs> like, I like, I like the, I like the cast, and so they made some really, like, with bland characters with bland dialogue tolerable <laughs> that's fair yeah. yeah that's that's all and then again like i said it's it's silly at best yeah mm. it's not funny it's not <laughs> like actiony entertaining have you ever been to a party just because like some of your friends are going even though normally you wouldn't have gone to like that kind of scene with yes, music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what it kind of sounds like here yeah sure yeah. <laughs> yeah i definitely agree that the cast really carried this because you know like we were saying it's not a terrible film in the way that like tammy and the t-rex is terrible <laughs> no, you no, can no. just like revel in that you know and be like somebody made this <laughs> or like you know something that you might see on a mystery science theater 3000 where you're like okay this is you know again same kind of amusing it's just sort of boring movie with really cool people in it so you are hooked on them but you're like if you just took anyone else out like imagine you know if there was like Dane Cook is the lead. <laughs> like, you know, or like, I don't know, I guess I'm just um, trying to think of like, like, you know, like human charisma vacuums. Like if you, or like Jason Biggs is also in this <laughs> film. Like I would not be like, oh, hey, let's go see this Jason Biggs film. Yeah, I, you know, some of these films teeter on if they didn't have the cast, they might be just like a college film. And I don't mean that in a good way. You know, yeah. just like, oh, my friends are in it. <laughs> Uh, you know, I tend to agree with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, again, so the cast, we've got Kira Sidrick, Stanley Tucci, Robert... And Stanley Tucci, again, will team with Philip Zimmer Hoffman in Hunger Games. Hunger later. Games, yeah. Uh, Robin 
Tune, Robbie Coltrane, who we, you know, this is a re-team with him and Philip Seymour from our first film, Triple Bogey on a Par 5 Hole. Yeah, which is really cool. Yeah. And Always then, nice to see Hagrid, not J- in the Hagrid makeup. John, the delightful human being, Ritter. Who <laughs> is uh, not very Jack Tripper in this film, I have to no, be honest with you. No, no. He's really good at being super creepy. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, I really... He's even kind of creepy yeah. as Jack Tripper. That's another story, but this <laughs> is like... Mega creepy. Yeah. And like you said, Ethan Embry, and then obviously Philip Seymour Hoffman. So, I mean, that's a solid cast. Yeah. And I think, and I, I mean, okay, so Stanley Tucci, I guess I'd have to say out of the main, so out of the people I just read, the person I have the biggest problem with is Kira Sidgwick. Mm. Um, she just didn't, I'm not a big fan of hers in general, but she not just. Not a fan of TNT dramas. No. <laughs> maybe now. <laughs> the maybe now that all basic cable stations are stepping up their game. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe closer. 2000, like, you know, teens edition would be better. Mm. But, I thought uh, you were um, a fan of her in that Travolta movie. Oh, well, no, I love the phenomenon, but I'm not a fan <laughs> of her in that movie. Wow. There's something really, she's got, she's like a blonde, not pleasant Julia Roberts. <laughs> Julia Roberts can <laughs> That's be That's pretty accurate. I was going to say, like, a, a wooden, not even close to, like, compelling Gillian Anderson, because, like, Gillian Anderson can play, like, or, like, Marishka, where you have, like, the lady cop, you know, stereotypes of being, like, I'm a badass who drinks whiskey, and I'm one of the dudes, but look at me wearing, like, you know, my hair in this, like, ridiculous ponytail. Like, what is that hair woman? It's not a ponytail. It needs to commit to something. But, can... you know, it's like she just... Yeah, she doesn't bring any depth, like, the way that, like, Marishka or, like, Jillian brings that, where you're like, oh, this is a person who enjoys whiskey instead of a, a walking caricature. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. I'm glad I'm glad we're all on the same page. Well, I, like, I'm not someone who's like, oh, I don't like Kira Sedwick. Like, I guess I didn't have an opinion on her. But sometimes it does feel like she tries too hard. Like, I'm mm. one of the guys. Mm. I have a shovel. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, it was, she was, like a, <laughs> like, a strong, like like female character but she just didn't I think like, the character was written that way. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But yeah, she just didn't she just didn't bring it home for me. Yeah, there's just no like interesting choice that she makes where like <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman always like takes a, yeah. a character that's like re- you know, could be like I mean, here he's just like Donald Trump's son. <laughs> like, he kind of has like he, an Eric Trump yeah. vibe. You he know? really, like, yeah, he that's what like, 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 like back hair. I know, yeah, but he like, you know, he adds something new huge. to it. Like, where you're like, oh, this is fresh, I haven't seen this before, where she just kind of doesn't add anything to it. It's not like, yeah. you know, there's anything shame. we haven't we seen before. This. You have a, like, a woman director, which is, you know, unfortunately too rare. You have uh, a strong female lead, this film actually passes the Bechdel test. It does. Because um, there's one more character. Right. To talk to whatever, but still. <laughs> it's not a... It, and, it doesn't pass very yeah, far. The word you know. horror is used a lot. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, there the is, girl, there's I mean, the a lot of slut-shaming. It's just kind of like forced into it, though. Yeah. Sure, but... Yeah, some yeah. of my notes were pretty angry at, at Kira, of just kind of yeah. like yelling at her, of being like, damn it, Kira, like, what are you doing? So before we get ahead of ourselves... Kyle, what is this film about? Because we're sure, audience member, it's Hoff fans. You've probably not seen this one. Yeah, so Claire is an accomplished assassin who gives her all to Boss, played by Coltrane, Claire's uh, Kira Sedgwick. But when the Boss gives Claire the low-level task of retrieving his runaway girlfriend, Kitty, Claire knows she's losing her juice. <laughs> losing her juice? What? Yeah, that's what this article says. <laughs> Doing a little, uh, Kyle, i got to be honest, you're doing a little a bit of, um... I forgot here. to write a... <laughs> I forgot to write Someone one. wrote that, losing her juice? Yeah. So this is more entertaining. To make matters worse, the girlfriend, Robin Tooney, commits a murder while in Claire's custody. She doesn't just commit a murder, she kills Coltrane's That's why we asked you to write your own. Jimmy, but this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> as lazy as the writing in this film, I was in writing a. Does it synopsis. say who wrote that? Yeah, that, fair enough. That summary written by an uh, a non y mouse. Oh, I, was like, <laughs> yeah. I think I've heard of that guy. Uh, and yeah, so she's forced to flee from her own syndicate. Claire soon finds that Kitty is a femme fatale to be reckoned with. Oh yep, boy, that's okay. what this movie is. I don't know. This is like a crime. Yeah. Drama. 
Ishkari. Yeah. And I mean, I, I kind of wish that it went more with the whole, like, let's have, like, Kitty and, you know, Cl- like, of course her name's Claire. So, like, you know, you think of a lady cop, you're like, ooh, she's a Claire, you know? <laughs> so, like, real original there. And the same with, like, the whole Kitty thing. I'm like, I see yeah, what she Yeah, Kitty's did. a pretty stereotypical That's a pretty stereotypical. But, like, yeah. you know, I don't know if it makes it more stereotypical to be, like, they become involved together and take down the patriarchy and shoot everyone's <laughs> face and drive into the sunset, you know. Well, it's funny like... because I feel like there's one scene, and I know I'm jumping ahead, but the scene has no, like, importance <laughs> of the film, where they're, like, hanging out at a hotel and they're, like, in separate, faraway beds. Mm. It's actually John Ritter's compound. Oh, oh yeah. it's his yeah. compound. Sorry, I forgot what it was. <laughs> yeah, his, like, but I feel like cult. that scene was explicitly put there, like, they're not lesbians. It's not weird. Right, I thought there was going like... to be, like, a Thelma and Louise kind of moment. I thought there might yeah, be, too. I, w- I was, like hoping for that you know and it just never happened so yeah. way to disappoint me movie <laughs> kind of like how i'm really disappointed that like stanley almost had the evil doppelganger star trek goatee like almost it was like a <laughs> nine o'clock shadow and i wanted them to go like full evil goatee you yeah. know just to establish like he's an anti-hero you know <laughs> he, but with, actually is he the original walter white because he has cancer he has Almost the goatee. <laughs> like, you know, this is the biggest reach ever. So just <laughs> Would you just watch Breaking kidding. Bad with Stanley Tucci? It wouldn't have... Been, very different. Yeah, it would be so show. different. Very different. <laughs> yeah. I just don't think Stanley Tucci would ever live in New Mexico. That's true. Or, that I don't know if he true. did. Well, I feel like he'd make turquoise. But in this film, he really wants to go to Montana, even though when uh, Kitty asks him, where's your favorite place you travel to? He's like, Thailand. But he's like... But Montana would be nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, th- so spoiler alert here: this film does not take place in Montana. Except, no, except for the end. We mm. got. It comes to a point in the film. I'm like, wait a minute. We're not in Montana. I've never been to Montana. Because there's yeah. these shots of cities, right? Very but it's not bland, as clear city. Like, yeah, it's like city generic shots. city. I was yeah. trying to figure out, like, like where is this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that was the whole thing. I was like, I was becoming a little forgiving of Kira Cedric. So I'm like blonde midwestern woman so this is like a believable crime like lady no you know who i think would have been good for this movie like in sarah kira cedric debbie mazer who's in like money for nothing like <laughs> i don't know there's just something if we're going whatever city this is supposed to be because i don't think this is supposed like I, th- a at first i thought this was like helena yeah. i thought this was like helena, helena Montana. i have no Ute. idea never been to it billings <laughs> yeah <laughs> it kind of reminds me of like the um the rick and morty oh sorry no, continue. No, you oh, continue. yeah, the, yeah, the Rick just... and Morty, like, episode where um, aliens turn down the um, their simulation to 10%, and, like, Jerry's stuck in there, and it's just, like, Earth music, like, that do-do-do. Like, it... that's what this movie felt like. Like, someone took a city, put Generic it down to, like, city. 10%, like, the barest minimum of being, like, this is city. Yeah, they just repeat LA, the same, like, wanna... six tall buildings. Because, I mean, <laughs> and personally, I would have recast Kira at... With Patricia Clarkson and had it been like Stanley Tucci, Patricia Clarkson wine adventures, like it would actually <laughs> yeah, yeah. be Replace set all the in New York. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, know? pull like an ET, take the but... guns out instead of walkie talkie, glass of wine. <laughs> but I guess this is why I don't write for action movies. So yeah. the action in this movie is god awful. It is. It's yeah, really bad. That, that's one thing where it does struggle. Uh, so this is an action film. It kind of opens right, like. Remember they like capture the wrong Asian man? I was yeah. yeah. Okay, so I didn't laugh at that because like, it's kind of like a racist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I laughed at. Okay, but okay. Uh, okay. At first, no, at first I'm like, this is racist. Then I thought about it. A A plus for casting an Asian guy. Two. Two. Yeah, two. <laughs> You're right. Two. Yeah, the mistaken and then coup. They've doubled two at, coups. And two wouldn't coups. it be more weird if they captured an Asian guy, and then they're like, oh, this is the wrong guy, and it wasn't. An Asian guy, you know? They had to look somewhat similar. So I'd like to think that instead of, like, this racist choice... To quote Chris Tucker, all y'all look alike. (laughs) See? That's where there'd be a racist joke there. But maybe it's not. Maybe they just thought this guy was a really good actor, and they just found a guy who looked like him. Maybe it was his cousin. I don't know. I don't know. Let's give them credit here. I think it's more racist that his last name is Koo. Or whatever, like, the Koo's. It's not just his last name, Kyle. That's his only name. Yeah, Yeah. he's he's like Cher. Koo. Uh, right, you know, a lot of this film takes place um, at this criminal compound. Which I, this was one of the few aspects I liked. There was almost—I uh, don't know if either of you have seen John Wick, but yeah, it's just like that movie does like a fantastic job of like original crime world building. This 
almost like had that element because they're just like sitting around playing cards. They're playing like a kind of weird version. I mean, a much more less lethal version of Russian roulette where they shoot their hands yeah. and playing yeah. cards. And there's like, a, just like, you know, we've got Philip Summer Hoffman who's. What exit he does the book? So we meet him almost right away, which is fantastic. Yeah. I wrote four four minutes in PSH, and I was like, "Oh, it's yep. Brent from Big Lebowski." Really <laughs> yeah, so he, like, he's like an accountant, but like yeah. a mob accountant who's also like he's like the consigliere, you know? He's like the right hand yeah. man. Um, he's basically like Donald Duncan. Trump's son. Yeah. <laughs> Again, the Eric Trump look-alike, but just obviously a little huskier. Mm. Um, yeah, and he we already see he's a character of power right away. Mm-hmm. I was afraid he might just be like one of the henchmen again because yeah. there's a, there's a room and you just see all these henchmen. Yeah, but he's got his own desk. He's got his own yeah. desk. Yeah. He's and like the numbers t- guy. You could tell that like he has some glasses. power. Yeah. He does. He's very cool but smarmy. Like I I like that just with his performances like you really can kind of tell that they're intentional like it's an intentional choice so he's he's selling this shit like to me i mean it's not his greatest performance but it's like he's taking like the the flat schmarmy like ah work the books and i'm gonna double cross you because obviously like (laughs) obviously he's up yeah he's one of the worst written characters in this film definitely well that's right yeah yeah he's he does a lot for being given really like nothing like this character was written so flat and the dialogue is bland and he has these great moments of like or potential moments that he could have as far as screen time goes of like exposition and talking to Claire Kirstedrick's character like right away like I like it you know they they see one another and she slaps him and we just have this very clearly defined you know okay good guy bad guy or good good woman bad guy It's not about money. It's about perception of strength. Claire, did you think of that all by yourself? The bag man was your responsibility. The loss of that money is your fault. You're fucking useless. Now that we've thanked our foot soldier for the invaluable work contributed here today, please dismiss yourself. Fuck you. You know, the boss and I have some important financial matters to discuss. Numbers? You know, things you wouldn't understand. Hey, hey, friends, friends, come on, we'll get it out of Gooch. Don't shush me. It's, but his character, this is, I'm, I'm like listening, I'm like, okay, Philip, you know, bring me in, bring me in. <laughs> and it was just, like, everything just went in one ear and, like, out the other, as far as, you know, because it's just not, it wasn't well written. No, I mean, but I thought, like, for instance, Stanley Tucci's character I thought was a little bit more interesting than his. Sure. Oh, yeah. Totally. And, and maybe that's because I like Stanley Tucci, but... Well, because he's an anti-hero. We have it in the... Yeah, and we have it in this first... Not the first scene, but the, this, like, uh, compound scene where Stanley Tucci and um, Kitty, who's, oh, like, yeah. the mistress or whatever Yeah, I wrote is. down... I, I still think this is very accurate of, like, just writing, Robert Tunney is Sean Young as... Kristen Stewart because like at least for part of it I mean I will give her some future credit that she kind of she kind of noms into that material a lot like she is playing this ridiculous character and like is so over the top are you a fan of her work I actually am yeah I mean I know you like the craft yeah I love the craft I love (laughs) Empire Records like I forget if she's on the mentalist. I think she is. She's on the mentalist. Yeah, (laughs) I just like like her. That's like the closer. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So her character was like what happened? Traded to Hagrid as a child, which is just so weird. The boss. He doesn't get a name. It's the boss. It's more interesting. Yeah, Hagrid. Yeah, that's like Hagrid's origin story. Oh my god, it explains so much. Yeah, Claire has this line. This is one of the biggest moments I laughed. Like, uh, Kitty's talking to Claire, and she's telling her the, how she was, like, sold in. She really didn't have a choice. And Claire just goes, oh, bad childhood. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm just like, wait, what? What? What is going on? That this this that's, And again, that's why I call it silly. This movie just had so many moments of like whether it was like little silly dialogue or just their looks or or the gunfights that I'm like wait what 
what's going on I, right now. And I mm-hmm. think Claire that... Claire with a hatchet at one point. I think this is where, like, Tarantino ruins things. And it's not his fault, but you mentioned, like, the Pulp Fiction-esque things. Yeah. And I think a lot of people think they can pull that Pulp sh- Fiction shit off. Yeah, you know? not a Tarantino-directed movie, but Tarantino-written the ending of this movie is so, so wants to be true romance. Mm-hmm. Like, hotel room, like, gunfight, escaping, and everything like that. It, like, is craving to be I'd like to, yeah, romance. yeah, yeah, that's true. I'd like to re-examine this period and kind of see, like, if any other films tried to do this in terms of copy Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it seems like, again, it's not, like, super, super Tarantino-esque. Obviously, the shot work isn't or anything like that. Well, no, and it's not even, I think, no one's really also attempting that out of sequence, like storytelling. So no, that's... but in terms of like, oh, we can show violence like this. Yeah. But it's not like, you know, how Tarantino can show like over the top violence that doesn't necessarily play. Yeah, like it, you, yeah. it plays, but you know, it's it, because it's stylized. This movie's not stylized at all, and then just has these like stylized moments of random bleeding or like a like, lot of blood. Not yeah. even stylized, but like, wanna, like, they think they... I don't know. It, wants, it thinks it is? It's almost it's, like if it was written stylized, but not but shot not sh- stylized. Yeah, yeah. Sure, exactly. Perfect way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, just... We're not going to go scene by scene with this one, because it's really irrelevant. This no. is mostly an action movie. But just want to, you know, touch on certain things. Stanley Tucci, he's like this learned man. Yeah, so right... At, I mean, how early on do we learn that this character is sick? And eventually it's kind of mentioned cancer. in the car at the beginning, slightly, yeah. Yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of predicted it when he was, like, you know, talking about his, like, medication as, like, a way to be like, oh, no homo, bro, like, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. being like, I'm like, okay, like, he, he probably has, like, cancer or some shit, because I'm an asshole. It's so. kind of in that first scene where you really hear something, too. Uh, not the first scene, the group gang mm-hmm. scene where they're playing cards is because Kitty goes up to him and they're quoting, I forgot who they're quoting, some like, you know, famous philosopher or something. Okay. And he's kind of like hitting on her a little bit and he implies he's like, things don't really work, you know? Yeah, the way you plan. Or... Yeah, the way yeah. you planned. And, and it's, I think he's implying sexually, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, first I'm like, is he gay? This would be great. You know, like I he'd know. be sassy and gay, but no, yeah. it was yeah. pretty obvious then. Yeah, that was I thought maybe like, you know, war or something we get a good not in like a philip singer hoffman movie but uh a gay um like crime person in uh, i guess hitman in the mexican james gandolfini you ever see that yeah it's like oh, that no. would have been yeah that's uh, a, i need to <laughs> that's, yeah no it's it, it's awesome <laughs> and that's julia roberts so the you know redhead Kira sidrick uh, but I love, yeah, just to go back to like they're having that card game or whatever. I love the random people there. I didn't bother looking up their names, but w- the one guy with like the, like the older guy with the glasses, he's Ace Ventura's yeah, yeah, buddy that like does the whole yeah. clam chowder yeah. bit and like oh, is following New England <laughs> clam chowder. chowder. Is that the red or the white? white. Like sending New England, no, what does he say? Sending Norwegian whaling ships. Like, you know, he's like the one yeah. who's. Uh, animal rights activist. And then he was brought into the animated series, too. Yeah, he was one of, like, the main characters yeah. in the animated yeah. series. Love that. And then you've got the... This guy, I mean, I guess... Biggest role seems like probably he was in Sons of Anarchy for a while, but I remember him from Batman Begins as, like, the bad cop. Uh, that, like, you know, Batman flings upside down when he thinks oh, of waffles. Yeah, he's like, yeah. swear to me. He's mm. also in a Fast and Furious movie. Oh, yeah, he's in Too Fast, Too Furious. Oh, that, yeah. that he's one, put yeah. the rat on Yeah, because he's the rat. That, yeah. Like, I just remembered, he's a bad cop there. Yeah. He's yeah. a bad cop. Eh? And then you've got the um, the guy from uh, Office Space, which we only see him in the card game, but he's the Middle Eastern guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He yeah. doesn't really have a role. He's the he one that has it. to shoot himself, like, twice in the head. He's like, <laughs> and he's, like, says, so, like, yeah, they're playing, like, a like a version of Russian roulette that they're shooting in the hand. And that line also made me laugh. He's just like, you could have figured out to shoot your hand in the same spot again. Like you're just ruining, just keeps shooting the same hole in his mm. hand. It's that a still good strategy. Would hurt, it would hurt like, though. The, of like, course. Like, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't like figure it I out. I guess until like it's big enough, I guess till the diameter is like, or the circumference is bigger than the bullet. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, we don't all want that to happen yeah. to us. Yeah. But yeah, getting back to the film. Oh, uh, the son, too. Oh, I yeah. Thing. So the son comes in, right? He's mm. a complete yeah. jackass. Yeah, like, I wrote he's down like, that. He's got the gun. Yeah. Um, Ethan Embry is so good at being the AT&T of people, because that's what he is in this <laughs> film. 
His father, so is Robbie Coltrane, and he has no name. He's the boss. Ethan Embry, first role I think I ever saw him in, was That Thing You Do. No name in that movie. He's uh, credited as the bassist. So you got the boss and the bassist. Uh, I kept referring to him as Nick Papa Giorgio. (laughs) This is his character in the film Vegas Vacation. Mm. He wins all those cars. Maybe this is what Nick Papa Giorgio does while he's away from his family in Vegas. Maybe. Though this was not Vegas. If Mm. if it's any city, the city was not Vegas, you know. No, definitely definitely not. It's like four square buildings. (laughs) So it turns out, right, that Kitty and Duncan are in on this scam to try to kill Robbie Coltrane's character. Is Kitty in on it, or is she being used by Duncan? Regardless if she's being used she's in on it, she purposely says she passed the gun along. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I just didn't care enough <laughs> to, like, actually, like, follow along with their scheme. I'm sure Duncan, like, eh. like, promised her, like, oh, you know, you'll be free. Oh, yeah. It's like sex slavery sense. of Hagrid. I thought he, yeah. yeah. So I guess he was a little bit noble in that respect. Yeah, like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so it gets botched. Yeah, it gets botched. So, well, Nick ends up shooting Koo, the Asian guy. And th- this is the whole thing. Like, I forget, like, Nick is counting at one point. He's Nick is like, Stanley Tucci. Yes, Nick is Stanley Tucci. And at one point in the film, he's counting all this money. It's, like, close to, like, one and a half million dollars. I don't know if they ever say the exact amount. But... It's that Koo stole this money, and then Philip Seymour Hoffman knew where it was in this train station. I love that that's, they keep going back to this train station. Like, different characters, that's the only place you can hide money in this, movie, <laughs> this train station. Wait, you don't do that? <laughs> I have no, I know where to find your money. <laughs> Damn it. So, Philip Seymour Hoffman knows where the money is, and he's going to, like, or, no, he doesn't know where the money is, because Koo hid it, right? Yeah, Koo hid the yeah. money. Yeah. This is like that is like again. It's like kind of like a jumble of so pretty much. The boss sends out his two best people, that of Nick and Claire, but send Jimmy, his son, with them. Yeah, like, and originally he doesn't send them to get the money. He yeah. sends them because Kitty runs away yeah. after yes. this whole debacle. No one suspects Kitty of anything, but she runs away. So, so Kira Sedwick is more Claire is more like, oh man, I got you know, I got to pick up the the boss's girlfriend yeah it's a very stupid. low level job for her at this point. Mm. but stanley tucci and his winston is like well, well we'll find the cash too yeah yeah because he he you know he knows what's up he knows where it's at even though he is a monster for not using a coaster at ku's house when he goes to be like, <laughs> try to like get the money from his wife i'm like you monster it wasn't very tucci to not use a coaster it was not very that's tucci. how i know he was acting yeah then we get to see again John the delightful Ritter. Mm. Oh my god. Who's yes. shooting they go to his like compound house, mansion, whatever you want to call it, and he's shooting like a commercial for his self help book, his one step like help book. Yeah, he has a yeah. self help book and it's pretty cheesy. Like, yeah. But I I kinda even... love this. This might be like my favorite character. Again, not that like it's he's the best, like Tucci's probably Tucci and Coltrane are the best in this movie, mm. and, like as far as their acting. And I mean, John Ritter's good, but like I thought his character was the most interesting. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's this book author, this like self-help yeah. guru who's also kind of culty, you know, a little yeah. like you're like, ooh, you probably have some weird sex cult, you know, yeah. like his dinner guests are really weird. Yeah. <laughs> oh that. my god, yeah. <laughs> but that you know, there's this whole underworld element that he's in charge of yeah well he's at this point we think that he's just like the launderer but Mm. obviously gets like a good cut from it but we end up learning that he's trying to do this coup (laughs) a coup with coup and uh take over the boss's world i hate that uh, robbie coltrane doesn't he's the boss he's the boss or he's haggard you know that's what i see it yeah okay I'm just going to call him Hagrid from now on, you know. <laughs> and then, I mean, after that, Tucci decides to go off on his own, and it's just Claire and Jimmy, and Tucci goes. And this is the one thing, like, he goes, and he's so, he's cold and kind at the same time. Like, he does a really great job, and he's talking to Mrs. Koo, and, like, obviously, he's the one that killed 
her husband and it's just like oh no like everything you know like he's fine but he got in a little over his head or whatever and she gives him the information of what locker like the money's in yeah where to get the mm. money so yeah. he finds this million these million dollars and he basically spends the next third of the movie counting this money amazing and I yeah. would watch a movie of him just counting money. I would have watched Same. this movie with just him you yeah know? <laughs> like no he carries this film so I mean we we can skip around here he has this money on like at this table, right? Where is it? Where is he counting the money? Just he's in a hotel room, and he's just like it's a coffee table. Yeah, just... yeah. So yeah, it's, it's I don't like know, generic hotel. Table. Is and it yeah. the Marriott? Is it the Hilton? <laughs> we'll never know. And he just starts like one, two, and if they're hundred dollar yeah. bills, there's yeah. obviously millions of dollars. Yeah, here. yeah. And he's so like nonchalant. And we just keep it. cutting back to like when it's like some thousands and then hundreds of thousands and then a million. <laughs> and then one of my favorite scenes in the film. And they're not too many. But yeah. <laughs> is when he's about to be attacked. Yeah, because so uh, Hagrid, the boss, <laughs> uh, thinks that actually Claire and Nick turned on him. That's what Duncan leads him to believe. Yeah, I mean, we should mention that yeah. that um, the son dies. Yeah, okay, yeah. so Kitty kills yeah, the son. Oh, wait, so this is... Re- there's Just... a couple of really rapey moments in this There movie. are. Oh, yes, so I would say many. so. And so in that scene, uh, what she uh, Claire asked Jimmy to go get something, and she's like, "I'm not gonna go do that." Whatever, like the menial task is. She's like, "Fine." And at that point, uh, Kitty tried to kill herself, so she's like, really like, like pretty much like passed out, like like against the floor in a chair. And then Jimmy brings her to a bed and is has the gun like in his you know like waistband and is getting ready to, like, mount her, and she takes it out and, like, you know, Rightly, little chin music, yeah. good night nurse. <laughs> yeah, well, again, really creepy, really creepy, rapey son. Super creepy. Yeah. Especially that she's, like, you know, almost passed out. Yeah. yeah and, also, and also because your dad has sex with her all the time. Well, yeah, yeah and she, that. like, just tried to kill herself and was, like, screaming and crying and blood. Guess and that like, turns on. Also, know. a big thing in this movie, these characters do not, when they are given ample chance, wipe the blood off of their faces. Oh, yeah, no. that, and that's, that's what I was going to say. It's Pulp Fiction-esque, and not that that, you know, but you know what I mean in terms of, like, let's just show blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but another thing, this is what way. I thought you were yeah. going to say. Okay. They also don't, like... I should say. I should say. Sorry, they never place their gun in a safe place to not be taken by someone else. Yes, no, totally, one hundred ten percent. I'm not. I'm, just I'm not going to sit here giving like, like, like. Oh, he should have done this to rape her. I don't mean it like that at all. Okay, yeah. I'm well, glad he got shot. Same. But he but if it. you're going to do something bad like that, yeah. don't put the gun just like go put it on you know, go, go in go your. Put it on the I mean, table. the gun had to be like a an obvious metaphor, <laughs> just because. <laughs> yeah, phallic. <laughs> Because that's that's what this movie it's like it, it's like oh okay we're gonna have lots of blood everyone's gonna wear light colors when it's blood or like you know semi like they did like weird you know like I get she's you know like a sex work not even a sex worker she's like you know a, a prostitute against her will so like terrible but yeah just like her wardrobe's like weirdly like sexy and sheer and infantile and then she gets blood on it and they're like "Ooh, we're quentin tarantino and like you're not and stop it but it's a female director i know which but, two, that makes but brother it... brother writers yeah the writers of this yeah. and their names escaping me wrote the uh, red series red of and like yeah red red 2 and i think battleship or... yeah a couple other like weird movies. but i feel like 90 people must have written battleships so. yeah. that's true yeah <laughs> um so we have, like, that whole rapey scene. We have, when there's many rapey scenes, and there's also many, and we'll get into them quickly, many, uh, you should have not given the weapon to the criminal scene yeah. or the other person mm. scene, you know. Mind you, between all these scenes, we have a lot of quick, like, not, again, not great, but it's great that we have a lot of dialogue with Phillips and Hoffman, so you want to play, play a few? Might as well. Yeah, yeah let, let's play some of his best moments in this film. Somebody sent you out in public. Knowing you get picked up, you was set up. Now I know you're scared, but listen carefully. Your situation has changed. You've been sold down the river. I have to think. You are going to be tortured more heinously than you can conceive of by the man behind this desk. There's only one way to avoid that. 
only one way out. What are you going to do? Duncan? It's Claire doing the boss. Oh, he's not up for calls right now. What can I do? You can scurry over and ask him if he wants me to bring Kitty in. I don't think Kitty should be anywhere near the house right now. Did I ask you what you thought? Why am I talking to you? Oh, because you screwed up so badly that his son is dead? Fuck you! I want to talk to the boss. So yeah, you see his, like, intensity and yeah. his... Yeah, I mean, I was a little annoyed that I feel like sometimes the music tried to, like, you know just come in on his acting and I'm like damn it son <laughs> like I am watching this shit right here I am watching him you know being like intentional and like seeing you know like his thought process and like his, he had so many great little like facial expressions that were on point where yeah. you're like yep yeah, like he, he's doing a lot with like again what he was given as far as the idea of this character but it's not like I almost wish he went like, can I just write some lines right now for you or something? <laughs> yeah, like, same. Because if you think about it, like, okay, so he's like a like a white collar criminal, like his end of it. He's definitely not used to violence, but he's throwing you know this coup and siding with this self help guru turned <laughs> uh, criminal, and he's talking to these like really low level like working class gangster guys and telling them to go here to do that and go this after Claire and this after Nick and there is a lot of potential there and he's doing a decent job but it's just really bland as far as what you know like the words that they choose yeah yeah no I agree the dialogue's not great but I mean I still I don't think he necessarily did a bad job no oh no no, 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 no. I I I think he definitely brought it Oh, yeah. it's like we said before. He did the best with what he had here. Yeah. yeah, for me in this movie as far like it goes Tucci, Coltrane, Phillips and Hoffman as far as just like my, you know, entertained by the characters, I guess. And some again, and Tucci and I love him, but he's definitely helped because to me again, he's like one of the more interesting characters in this film. Yeah. Yeah, he, he has a lot more material to work with where like Philip Seymour Hoffman, not really. There's a know? lot of material to work with. He has boobs in his face in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Oh yeah, and I want to I want to talk about like the chain of events that starts everything off because at the beginning, yeah, it's not hard to follow. It's more like I don't care enough to follow. Yeah, yeah. but it it's just it's kind of things happening until we get to the point where Philip Seymour Hoffman's character figures out that he can frame um, Claire, these, Claire, and Stanley Tucci for yeah. taking the money and for killing the son. Even like things are kind of rolling in his favor. Yeah. So he and, makes his move. And yeah, Claire he's ha- a tricky son of a bitch. You know, <laughs> yeah. using that like everyman charm and you're like, oh oodle doodle, you look like a puffin. This is adorable. <laughs> like a really smarmy puffin, but like, you know. And Claire has this for some reason this extreme loyalty to the boss. So she decides to come back in, but Duncan, Phillips and Hoffman's character at this point is you know, told the boss, Hagrid Coltrane, uh, <laughs> that, like, no, Nick and Claire have totally turned on you. So he has this, uh, the boss has this line of what he says, go uh, go feed a tree, go feed the tree. Mm. <laughs> and so now we get our last Philip Seymour Hoffman scene. Yeah, and, and do you want to play it? Sure. Let's play it. <laughs> What you doing? You digging a hole? Yeah, kid, we're digging a hole. You gonna plant something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that just is, kid. We're gonna plant something. Can I help? Sure, kid. Oh, better not. She likes digging. Okay. Bye. All right. See ya. Well, Claire, it was fun. But I'm not gonna miss you. Likewise. <laughs> Don't move. Turn around. Oh. <laughs> 
Okay, well, we, f- first off, not even Philip Seymour. What is this little boy doing here? <laughs> All right. What is this? All right. Yeah. What is this? This so is random. another moment in this movie, one of the weird moments. I'm just like, wait, what the? And he comes back. On? Because he does. Well, that little kid just gives no fucks, apparently. Like, where he, like, are they? They're just in generic forests. So, so let's set the let's set the scene for Philip Seymour Hoffman is Carl Rove. <laughs> Kira Sedwick is just you know doing her like lady cop, like yeah, I'm in a a wife beater tank yeah. top because I got lots of internalized misogyny, and she's digging a <laughs> yeah. hole. And then you got the low level gangster, and then you get the little. And, but, bo- but they're in yeah. the woods, kind yeah, of. I mean, it's like, like a meadow, but there's clearly me- nothing meadow. around because if they were near a highway or something, or near a playground. Mm. Like, yeah. somebody would say something. But True. even though he says, he says go plant, or go feed the tree. So I imagine this is, like, their go-to spot. But obviously True. also a spot where kids just have to <laughs> walk around. And also, this kid must live somewhere nearby, because he doesn't come back too mm. long after with a little kid's shovel of his own. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, he could be part of, like, Hagrid's child army, you is know? Is this the original, or like, maybe like, he's, like, a... <laughs> they could be, yeah. Or, you know, well, maybe he's, I'm like, very, an evil forest spirit, because, like, little... He has son, a bowl cut. You know, I'm that's very, already, like, red flag right there. I'm very like, proud of myself. They never do a close-up of this, but I recognize this kid. He's the son of Susan Sarandon in, uh, again, with, I'm bringing up Julia Roberts a lot today, Stepmom. Oh, Stepmom. Oh, yeah. shit. That's funny. Yeah, I he's did the not kid even... that wants to be a magician. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. Oh, man. Well, so... I guess he's a magician now, helping making bodies disappear. <laughs> Speaking of shovels, they've what obviously They've obviously done this before. And, mm. if, and if you guys couldn't see, Kira Sedwick essentially impales Philip Seymour Hoffman with a shovel. Yeah, so yeah. that was that crunch at the end of the clip, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so now we have two, I mean, we've had a couple of Phil Hoffman deaths, but this is the second one where it's like head trauma. He did acts to himself in my boyfriend's back, and now this is like, well, I guess, throat, head, whatever. But like <laughs> yeah. A shovel just, to his head. Yeah, totally yeah. just get like punched in the face stomping down on the shovel. Like, the mm. shovel hands yeah. of, of Paul Newman punch him in the face. Ooh. But no, this is an actual <laughs> shovel. And this is, again, they've done this before, right? I get it, like, oh, she's digging her own grave that we're going to bury her in. Yeah. But you're also giving the person you're about to kill a weapon. Yeah, they really didn't that think too. that through. And then she, he gets close enough with his own gun that she takes it from him. Yeah. Which is so, oh my god. <laughs> so lazy, these people. Yes, mm-hmm. very lazy. So Phil Turner-Hoffman's character kind of deserved to die. Yeah, I didn't really feel well, yeah, bad. Yeah, multiple levels like, he deserved to die. Because <laughs> it's, it's like, like when I saw him die in the getaway, I was like, oh no, baby, I'm so sorry. But like here, I'm just like, yeah, Carl Rove, like, fuck <laughs> off. Like, you, well, you kind of deserve this. Well, it's like at this point, we we were delighted to enough time with him versus in the getaway. Yeah. It wasn't that much. True. So it's just like, ooh, I wanted to have a little bit of him and uh, Michael Madsen moments a little more in that mm. movie. But this, we get enough screen time of uh yeah i mean he he survived like almost to the hour mark that's pretty good <laughs> yeah this also leads to that tucci scene i was alluding to where he's still counting the money mm-hmm. still counting the money because now they're out out to get kill claire yeah and nick, nick here yeah. and he has the door open you know to this room <laughs> these guys just come in and shoot point blank at him yeah he sits still he sits yep. still does not even flinch. Gets a little nick on his arm. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, no, pun. <laughs> no pun intended. Oops. Gets a little nick on his arm like it's nothing. And then he shoots the one guy through the wall just knowing exactly where he would... Yeah, yeah, like quietly, not even yeah. like, let me panic at my gun. Yeah. Mm. Shoots the one guy through the wall. And then the other guy, he keeps counting and the other guy comes back thinking he's still going to be on the couch for some reason, but he's like midway in the room and shoots him from there. And then, <laughs> and then goes back to counting. Yes. Yep. Not not even phased at all. Yeah. Our two leads here survive. Yes. They survive enough that they meet up again, and there's like a couple, you know, there's like some good lines in there of uh, they call one another up. Oh, this is a big thing. This was a movie that, you know, I'm obviously not watching in 1998, but I have a feeling this was a movie an early movie that had a strong cell phone presence. You know, there was... You know, yeah, the Motorola yeah. StarTac was Yeah, exactly. Prominently. <laughs> it was, cell. And I mean, in the world of, you know, mob and, like, organized hits and stuff like that, cell phones must come in handy. Yeah, we've said it in previous films yeah. that if they had a phone, like the getaway one we did That's together, true. if they had a yep. phone, half the plot wouldn't happen. Yeah. Stay at the train station, I'll meet you there. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so they, they're separated, Nick and Claire, and... 
he's like, oh, I'm looking at your grave. And she's like, I'm looking at your mess. And then uh, he pretty much says, what are you going to do? And she's like, oh, I'm going to go talk to the boss. And she's like, no, don't do that. You tried doing that once already. And then Nick says, I've got some things I have to do, but I'm here if you need me, so call me. We don't have too much more in this podcast. (laughs) No. But I think the main focus of the rest of it is just like... Is the boobs in Stanley Tucci's face. Well, I love that this is is Stanley Tucci finding himself, finding his soul. So I love that these are the things to do. Yeah, Yeah, step one is like, go to diner and eat pie. And I was really excited because I thought the waitress was Cloris Leachman. And I'm like, Cloris Leachman is (laughs) serving pie to Stanley Tucci, living my dream. Homemade apple pie. Homemade apple pie. Yeah, there's no apple pie at the diner. And he gives her probably like $1,000. Yeah, and is... I'm just like, damn, like that would be my dream in real life scenario. Like I would break into a restaurant to become a waitress to make Stanley Tucci a pie and hope that everything happens exactly. So that's step one. Step two is boobs ahoy Tucci. He's just like in this like just I don't even know if it's a strip club because it's it, like there's like no a private pole. room in a strip club. It's like, or... but it's like the most generic. Like it wants to be a David Lynch. Like you know, this oh, is a yeah. stark room. <laughs> it, wants but... to, it wants to be blue velvet so it's bad. So wanted to be blue <laughs> velvet. To be like Dennis and Hopper. Like, like, ooh, I'm slutty. Ooh, I'm slutty. <laughs> yep, but nope. And the man loves <laughs> Not Nick. At all. Nick loves Maker's Mark in this movie. That's the other thing. That is that is yeah. true. So it's just like you know, yeah, that is step two is boobs ahoy, and then yeah, and I didn't think we were gonna see you know, Kyle's favorite thing in a film boobs yeah it's just no it's the best <laughs> surprise you can get in a film <laughs> i did not surprise because kitty is like you said she's like so scantily clad in yeah. but i, I guess you just never see, see the nip yeah. i didn't look at i didn't look at the this is an art film I'm i didn't assuming. even look at it after oh it, yeah right? i didn't even check the yeah, yeah. just for the violence yeah. factor you know yeah. um but yeah so i didn't expect which is okay at whatever i didn't expect there to be like nudity like that yeah and then suddenly it's just tucci yeah like drinking whiskey yep i am a little strippers everywhere yeah i'm mm. i'm disappointed that like we get like this pie this whiskey and stripper party and then he mentioned something about donuts and i'm like this is your <laughs> this is your soul stanley like, tucci pie, pie strippers yeah. whiskey and donuts like i'm well done and he also you know just just shouting it out to his ability to rock lavender like he rocked that color oh yeah like, when he puts on that lavender oh, yeah he tie. gets all dressed up yeah for, he gets like, super the final dressed showdown. up so he's he's dying clearly yes like, he's dying of cancer and the cancer has progressed within the, the uh, you know time of this oh yeah film. he's got some fun lines in this movie claire calls him up at one point towards the end and she's just like what are you doing? And he's like, I've been testing the waters of my soul. <laughs> Only two she can say a line yep. like that and like pull it off. Yeah, and I'm not like angry. I'm not like, oh God, come yeah. on. So Nick and Claire, they get together and they're with Kitty and they end up, uh, Nick and Claire share a kiss. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Which was that... just kind of like, why? They don't have good chemistry. They don't. And like... I didn't think that they had that kind of relationship. Yeah. Right. Maybe, maybe they either. didn't have like a last wish. Yeah, but then he. Uh, uh, oh my god! How 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 did I write it down? I put. Uh, oh yeah, coughs cancer blood into her mouth. Yeah, so yeah. they're making it. I just coughs blood. Yeah, into her mouth. that was you know like I wrote Satine cough equals boner killer because that's kind of <laughs> what it was to me. <laughs> he would just like cough at random, and I'm like, Kyle. oh, you're sick. You yeah, know? sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then all of a sudden it becomes the Christian Slater, uh, Patricia Arquette show of the Wanna Be True Romance Hotel Shootout. Yeah. Mm. Oh, did yeah. we skip the dinner party? Yeah, oh, we there did. was we the did. Ritter dinner party. Yeah. yeah, but we never hear from Ritter again. Okay, just just literally let's spend two seconds on this dinner party before we get to the ending. So Claire and Kitty go to the Ritter compound because they try they're trying to see if they can get him on their yeah. side essentially, and they find out that it wasn't just. Um, Duncan, it was also like this one other guy. You know, multiple people from the boss are switching over, and then pretty much they find out that Ritter's gonna be just as bad, if not worse, because he's like even like creepy and slimier than yeah. Coltrane. Um, and he and Ritter also wants to keep Kitty as like a sex slave as well. well doesn't like Claire like offer that? She's like, eh. yeah, <laughs> take Claire her. Claire becomes a pimp. Yeah. And then when he says yes, she says no. Yeah. But, yeah. Which still, it's like, but 
why did you offer in the first place? I think That's she was just cool. testing him. I yeah. think. And they're there, and after they have this meeting, then they're talking to these like afternoon drink guests that are very like, you know, like uh, golf course, like country club, but, like people. younger. Yeah. But but kitties. Again, because no one cleans themselves, covered, drenched in mm. her dress in blood, and these people are just like, "Oh my God!" So what are you doing? And just having these complete like, oh. so I was just expecting them to be like, "Oh, would you like to join us on the schooner, like on the bay?" John Ritter. <laughs> my theory here is that he's so from Three's Company, he's so used to getting out of ridiculous, like, comedy of error scenarios. That he is grown up now. He's this old man. Uh-huh. He's still mm-hmm. Jack, Jack Tripper, and now he just likes to put himself in weird scenarios yeah. and try to get himself out of it. <laughs> like let me let me have a you know a bleeding yeah. uh, woman in the room and just act like nothing's wrong. And then let me invite this one guest to stay behind. And when he's talking to him, he goes, "Earl, you're the sunshine on my flower." And then <laughs> yeah. to show Claire the dire stakes that she's in dealing with him, he just lights up. Uh, what I, I just said his name Earl and shoots him <laughs> several times and Claire's just like okay you just shot Earl yeah she, <laughs> and that's the end she of John Ritter she just does not care yes this is the last time we see him <laughs> yeah I thought there was gonna be like she was gonna go at the end and like have like a multiple like kill Coltrane and then kill or Hagrid yeah I thought there was gonna be like some sort of like yeah. revenge scenario you know like waspy shoot up he's yeah. like playing croquet you know no something nope no nope. <laughs> not at all <laughs> so Back at the hotel shootout, some very bad choreography going on here. Just really like lame, like shooting and oh, like at one point. Guns. I mean, I caught you watching the end of this oh, at yeah. one point, and you you were like, "Oh, cool, under the bed slide." <laughs> I was kidding, obviously. <laughs> oh like, yeah, I don't know. Or like, there's like a point that like Stanley been. Tucci does an Elmer Fudd impression, and I'm like, oh, yeah, really? Because that hasn't been played out before. Like, mm. not by Tucci, though. <laughs> not by Tucci. True. Can I tell you the first interaction I had with Tucci? Yeah, in, uh, on in our person, podcast, yes. in real life. So Kyle, no, when did you life. first oh. notice Tucci? Beethoven. <laughs> <laughs> Oliver Platt, him and Oliver Platt. Those are two... Another yeah. favorite of mine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that'll, yeah. that'll be another but podcast. That, that's, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I go into Tucci table with you guys. Yes, yeah. when you're on our Tucci table, yep. you can talk about that. <laughs> so, this shootout, right? Yeah. Oh no... Our boy Stanley Tucci. Yeah. Yeah, he goes on to the hallway at one point and he just I mean he's at he, he's coughing blood into yeah, the I mean, his mouth. He's <laughs> okay, fair. Yeah, so. He's gonna die soon yeah. anyway. So he's right. just like I can take out more people knowing that she won't get harmed, so I'll go out there. I mean, I just does he, it very, like, quickly. And, it like, it is say, comforting like, to know he's still, like, a soothing, cool dad, even when riddled with bullets. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, I don't give a fuck about Kira's character, like, at all. <laughs> so I was still just very focused on being, like, R.I.P., you lavender-tied prince. May you rock that color in heaven. You know? And just, like, Henry. being, like, out of all the people to die, like, of course it was going to be you, but, like, but why, Tucci? Well, yeah. We oh. knew that from, like, the first minute yeah. he talks that he's going to die in this film. It would be a more crappy film if he didn't die in this film. True. You yeah. know, like, yeah. eventually he does. Like, he's like, my cancer is cured. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> yeah. 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 They find, like, like the money buys. Yeah, the, yeah exactly. Yeah. I was just going to say that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So she ha- they have the money, and then Kira or Claire decides to go and, you know, kill uh, the boss. Guess where she hides the money, guys? At the train station! What? So silly. So brilliant. Bum, bum, bum. Alec Baldwin would say, what did he say when they the hit the money station. at the train station? It was like, you dumb bitch. Yep. <laughs> something, <laughs> like, something, yeah, something like that. Oh my god, god, totally. There was some women slapping and uh, C-word calling in this movie. Oh yeah. Yeah, but, a lot of slut shaming. Yeah. Just like, but so much. We get some good uh, Hagrid... Butt shot. <laughs> I'm glad how you come around to the Hagrid, Hagrid yes. thing. Yeah. yeah, that guy Hagrid has a big butt. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm he not, cannot like, lie. Some apple yeah. bomb jeans. <laughs> Boots with the fur. <laughs> no. So what happens here? Claire's waiting for him in his chair at his desk. They ha- share their words. Why couldn't you trust me? Yada yada yada. And she shoots him. And then I thought maybe Kitty was going to be dead, but she wasn't. And she's in the car with Claire, and they're riding off. And they drive to <gasps> Montana. Montana. Yeah. Oh man, yeah the the title of this yeah. film that is well, a it, thing. And then I wrote <laughs> Thelma and Louise, but mm. nope, she drops Kitty off. Yeah. Yeah, she drops Kitty off. I mean, yeah. the other time we see Montana is when she's at the train station. Yeah, and then I'm like, 
John Ritter? A sequel? No. Uh, nope, can't do that. Maybe they kept him alive. Just well, in not case. now. Mm. In our world. Oh, oh no. 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 I was like, what happened? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, there's not going to be a sequel to this film now anyway. Oh. True. I mean, if there was, the end should have been gayer, and then that way it could have been a better <laughs> sequel, but, you know. Uh, so, I mean, that's that. There's not many, too many scenes that stick out, except, again, magical Stanley Tucci scenes and Philip Simmerhoffen just doing his thing. But it's not like he has... He talks a lot. We see him a lot. He's a pivotal character, but he doesn't have too many memorable scenes. Yeah. So yeah. his death scene. Like, he handled the terrible dialogue like a pro. Like, he just... You know, he knew, he had a vision of his character. Yeah. He went in, he's like, this is what I'm doing. And, like, you know, he's still, like, he had, a, like, a good, you know, succession of films. But it's like, he's not, like, you know, fuckface Johnny Depp, who's like, I'm going to put on a silly hat and this is what I do, guys. And, like, you know, ignore that he sounds vaguely like Catherine Hepburn. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have one one voice I can do. So that's it. <laughs> but, like, you know, he can't go in and demand creative control, like, no. really easily like I, he could prob i wish he did like i wish that he was like i guess all i'm know, saying script be better is that a movie with a looney tunes reference of elmer fudd it is a very looney tunes-esque like movie <laughs> it, it could be it again could. if they go in that direction yeah, yeah. And, well then I that's think the biggest thing is that again this like... is one of these films that just did not know its tone it didn't yeah it needed to it commit didn't to declare its itself as like an action comedy or a, you know, whatever. Yeah, I, I probably... Think... I would have liked it more as, like, an action comedy, I think, yeah. if they just, like, leaned into some of the ridiculousness, yeah. or, like, you know, Tucci has great comedic timing, you know, with his lines. Oh, like, yeah. I think know. that if we... Sorry. I think that we have learned something about film in the, while doing this podcast. Most of the movies that we don't find particularly interesting mm-hmm. are films that struggle with tone. Yeah. Mm. And this is definitely... One of them is it the worst film we've seen on this podcast? No, no. But it's also uh, you can kind of get why it's been one of these that have been buried for all these years. I think the worst one will always go to my new. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. We might let you guys in the audience decide that one. But Montana here is just one of these forgettable movies. Hate to say it, but it's true. Yeah, and, you know, you can only glean so much joy from mocking 90s outfits like, you know, the Claire Bad Cop leather blazer or, like, <laughs> her inability to commit to a ponytail because I feel like there's, like, a weird cop shorthand and being like, she's a lady, so she has to wear a ponytail. And I'm like, but it's not. But, but like, they're also like, but wait, guys, she has to be sexy, too. And long hair is sexy, so I'm like, okay. You yeah, know, that's I mean, a interesting choice. Yeah, I mean, not really. But, you but know. like, <laughs> so it, it's one of those movies that, like, if you were locked in a room and like this was playing, you know, it wouldn't be too too terrible. But like, do you want to seek it out? Nah, it's like it's not worth it. You so, know? so that's my next question, I guess. By saying that, you would not recommend this to a Hoffman fan. Yeah, I mean, I would say, like, if you wanted to kind of, like, fast forward to some parts just to, like, you know, study acting, like, be like, sure, you know, like, how do you handle a terrible script? Well, (laughs) you could do this, you know, like, that's a great example. But, like, if you want to be entertained, you know, there are better, better Philip Seymour Hoffman films, like, there are just better bad movies out there. Yeah, it's something that, I guess, if it's play on cable, I'd be like, oh, like, yeah, and I knew someone was a Tucci or a Hoffman fan. I'd say, yeah, go ahead and watch it, but I wouldn't even recommend renting it for three dollars an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, this Montana. is a movie you watch for free. Sorry, Montana. <laughs> yeah, the whole also Montana Fargo thing. Oh yeah. Like oh. Um, it's so deep because it doesn't really take place there. It's the goal of Montana. That's the dream. <laughs> we sh- we should have made they they should have called it like generic city. Instead of <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a bad video game. <laughs> Generic. Or just being like everything is a shitty metaphor. It's a movie. Anything else? No. You wanted to no, add? To I mean, this I would just film? say that you know, I hope that you know this director Jennifer gets a chance to redeem herself, remake Montana, but make it the gay Tucci cowboy film that we all deserve. You know, like well, at least that would be some kind of direction, right? It would be like a direction. Some kind of move, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Yeah. Anything you want to add, Kyle, to Montana? 
I would like to visit the state, but not this movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. So, Jenny... Uh, anything new? Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, um, no, thanks for having me again. If you um, have anything going on, yeah, anything, what's up? Yeah, anything to I'm, plug in the world of Jenny O'Connell? Oh, man. Um, at the moment, still working on you know my whole goal that I aim to misbehave. So, I am doing... I'm working on a film. Um, it will be out soon, hopefully, or at least the Kickstarter will, because, you know, like, capitalism's the worst, and everything is terrible, and politics <laughs> suck. Hooray! <laughs> so that's pretty much it. It's like that, and, like, photo shoots. Like, nothing, you know, like, oh, okay, I sound like a douchebag just being like, oh, photo shoots. <laughs> but, like, you know, I'm, I'm collaborating with a couple of photographers to do some, some shoots. So, yeah, you know, just... That, that's pretty much it. So, I mean. so once again, where can um, people find your work or uh, how do you they can get in touch with you? Find me on Instagram, you know, uh, Jenny.O'Connell. Like, super, super exciting um, Instagram handle right there. Um, yeah, I mean, you can do that. You could present puppies at an altar, light some candles, you know, not, not near the puppy. The puppy would <laughs> be, <laughs> I know, right? No, I'm not Paul Newman. I don't <laughs> randomly poison dogs. Like, um, but you know, just reference to a film or, we've talked about, or, by the way. um, not you know, if Paul you're, you're Gillian Anderson and want to get in touch with me, <laughs> you know, that's, that's the best way. So it's basically like the internet. Jillian Anderson or Puppy. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. Once again, Jenny, thanks so much for yeah, coming thank on. Yeah, you. Yeah, third visit. In a, yeah. We'll have you back again. In sure. just the first act Sweet. of his career. Right after, uh, you know, last week's recap episode. Right. So next week we have Next Stop Wonderland. Yeah. Which uh, I actually haven't this seen. This whole podcast is a Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen Next Stop Wonderland? I have. I have not, actually. I've, I've seen clips so I'm excited. This is one of the films that I actually like. Kind of wanted to see. I'm looking forward to revisiting it. Um, and this is a film. Which is really great. <laughs> this is one we actually <laughs> talked about in an interview once. So that's why I wanted to. Uh, yes. That's why I wanted to, you know, talk about it. Well, do what we do on this podcast. Next up on the PS, I love Hoffman <laughs> is Next Stop Wonderland. Yes, yes. So thanks for listening, everybody. Once yes. again, thank you, Jenny. Yep. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's um, awesome. Like, yeah. Go on follow. our Facebook, on iTunes. Google Play, every, all that good stuff. Subscribe. Yeah. Send us a little message. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your love and support. And remember, P.S. Stay on Cool Hoff fans. Have a good one. Sexy things, sexy things. I believe in miracles.